0: Welcome to Building the Oracle, a podcast about two dudes building a publishing house and film studio from the ground up with little more than the change in their pockets and two crinkled Metro tickets. The strike is thankfully over. I'm your host, Jay Swanson.
1: I'm Richard Bilkey. I'm Kate Weber. I'm
2: Zach Egan.
0: And today, we're obviously going to be a little bit different than our usual fare. As you can hear, I'm joined today by my illustrious Paris team to talk about ourselves, everyone's favorite topic, and more the future and scope of the project. If you're a longtime viewer of my vlog, or maybe even just joined in recently, you'll recognize Kate is my assistant, whose steadily increasing responsibility is for my insanity. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, hi, Kate. Yeah, I guess we're, we're just trying to touch bases with the voices as we go. Richard is a friend that dates back to the early days of this tour in Paris, responsible for brainstorming of business, structure, and editing of books. Hi, Richard. Hey, Jay. Hey, everyone. See, I did a better job of saying hi that time. I'm learning as I go. And, of course, you're also likely to recognize his furry four-legged friend, Gustav, who I will not be permitting near a microphone during the course of recording.
1: He's asleep under the table.
0: He's yeah, he actually is already conked out in the sun. And last but not least is the newest addition to the team, Zach, who is responsible for mixing and eventually producing this podcast. By eventually, I mean already, maybe later this afternoon. I have no idea why I wrote that and more as we branch out in the future. Hi, Zach. We're off to a roaring start here. Unfortunately, our San Diego team couldn't be with us this morning, but my sister Karin and brother-in-law Kevin have both taken on different roles within this madness, and we can talk about that as we go. Today, we're re-recording our initial run of this because we realized that it wasn't really on the mark. We talked a little bit too much about ourselves on the first go, which is a common problem that all of us have because we're all such lovely, enjoyable people. It's true. Yeah, Richard's a yeah. very enjoyable person. He's looking at me like, God, Jay, stop talking about yourself. Don't worry. For those of you who watch my vlog or have been listening and wondering, who are all these people I keep hearing about that keep getting referenced? We'll still take a moment to introduce ourselves, but we realize that the uh, most important thing we could do right now is clarify the scope and details of the bigger project before us. There is a lot to cover, but first, who are we, and how did we end up here in the first place? Kate, you're the OG team member, and everyone knows that you're a sticker-sending fiend. <laughs> But how'd you even end up in Paris to begin with?
3: Well, I was living in Switzerland for a year, and then I had a friend who I visited in Paris, and immediately from the second I stepped off the train, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to live here. And then I moved here like two years, two and a half years ago. Yeah, I've been here ever since. I moved here as an au pair, and then now I'm studying fashion here. And we had met, I think most people know it. We had just been sitting next to each other working for a while, I think like maybe a couple months. Yeah. When you said that you needed someone to help you out, I jumped on the opportunity. Yeah.
0: Uh, that you were already working with a bunch of people that I already knew as well, like doing the babysitting and au side of things. And you seem trustworthy. I hope so. I took a risk. It worked out. So I remember far, so good. though, our
3: first uh, meeting, you just started giving me all your passwords to stuff. And I was a little taken aback because I thought there would have to be some trust building. And you were <laughs> immediately like, all right, here's all my Patreon, my YouTube passwords. Yeah. You went for it.
0: Well, that was, it was hard actually. It, it was because that was, The biggest for me getting somebody to help like an assistant, there was a lot of fear in the trust factor because I'd done everything by myself for so long and I hadn't let anybody in and I hadn't let anybody touch it. And like it was kind of it had to be all or nothing because like to let you do your job was going to be to give you access to things that were terrifying to give anyone access to. So I was like, all right, well, I talked with a few people about it, too, who had assistants or had worked with people and they're like. You're just gonna have to trust, man. You got to do the best you can and hope it goes well. And I was like, "All right, well, here we go." So if you're if you're untrustworthy, you're definitely playing the long game very well. So if you
1: if anyone wants all of Jay's passwords, then
0: just DM Kate. DM uh, Kate, my yeah. uh, price oh, will man. be listed
3: below, guys.
0: Yeah, she's got. Yeah, geez, it, everybody knows it's Goldfish.
3: Called me yeah, out. It's yeah. Goldfish yeah. and Twizzlers. Twizzlers. Yeah.
0: Richard, I've known for almost three years now, which everybody knows. And by the time this comes out. It'll basically be three years that I've known you, uh, and I specifically remember being thoroughly impressed by your beard, obviously, which has gotten even more majestic recently. I was just noticing that a minute ago. I don't know if it's the way that the sunlight's hitting you from behind, but like, wow, it's burly. It's looking really good.
1: It's just I just haven't shaved for two weeks. That
0: is how beards grow. But even more impressive was the fact that uh, he was building a publishing house for a very well-known IP, which we'll talk about at some point, I'm sure, via spreadsheet. And Richard is one of those guys that when I got to know him a little bit, I was like, oh man, I wish he had more time on his hands, because then I would definitely try to figure out a way to trick him into using that time for my evil purposes. And in the long run, you wait long enough. Some of that time formed. How did you get here, Richard? Uh, You go from being a publishing guru in Australia to drinking flat whites in Paris. That's quite the transition.
1: Um, yeah, uh, my story's pretty common. I, I met a girl and and followed her to Paris, so that's how I ended up here. Back in Australia, yes, I've been working in publishing and book selling for about well since two thousand and three, since my dad and I started a bookshop in in Sydney, and then I, I went and worked for Random House in the sales, Random House, and and through there through various uh, online bookshops and small publishers and consulting and all sorts of stuff and editing. So, I've kind of been all over the publishing industry in Australia. Uh, and then I, I came to Paris. I actually did an MBA uh, at one of the, the big business schools here. That was the way I got my visa. So that was excellent for me because working in, in the publishing industry, it's its own little world of business. And and I realized uh, that, that I, I needed to really brush up on on real business skills. Not that publishing isn't a real business, but it's a very particular kind of business. So the MBA was great for me both in in getting the visa to come here but also really leveling me up in business and and since since I arrived we've had two children as you, as you <laughs> rightly point out it's it's hard I'm, I'm really the primary carer for the two kids so finding time is difficult and meeting you just uh, talking sci-fi fantasy books with you and and reading your books I uh, really loved them and yeah we got chatting about that and over time uh, went from chatting at La Peloton about what you're doing and, and helping out a little bit to finding that, yeah, I did have a bit bit of time and, and I would really like to help you with your project. So that's how we've ended up here.
0: Yeah, I and mean we've got a stack of my, we put, we put up for this version of the recording, we decided we'd just put the stack of my books in the middle of the table for visual inspiration. Yeah,
1: I have to move them so I can actually see you over the top.
0: <laughs> that's the, it's funny too, because those of you that are listening are like, oh, I'll go listen, no, you can't read my books actually right now, which is something we'll get to later. Richard got in early and these guys have access to my versions of them. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Zach's the, the latest edition. I met Zach at a meetup just over a year ago and then he started uh, interning for our good friend Oliver G and I was like, shoot, he works? Zach. What was your dream to come to paris and run live streams and how did you make that happen well i'd
2: been to paris once for a summer program and fell in love with it kind of like kate said like once you come here it's kind of hard to leave and then I applied to university here and I am currently study uh, history and international law here. So like Jay said, I, I met him at a meetup and we kept in contact and told me he was starting a podcast and asked if I wanted to help out and jump on board and I said yes.
0: It's a short story. I feel like the first time, maybe it's the second time that I met you, it was very boozy.
2: I think, I think it was the first one. We went to Bonus Spree
0: yeah. and then Carmen.
2: <laughs> the guy.
0: It, was, it was a long night. It was a long. It time. was quite the adventure. I got into a long discussion with a. I don't
3: remember that. I think I was there that night. Were
0: you? I got into a very long discussion with a, a very snooty bouncer about why he wouldn't let us in to see my friends, and I was pretty persistent. Alcohol might have been involved in that, but it was also kind of fun because I I think bouncers in Paris are just a bunch of jerks. Anyways, I don't know. Just <laughs> trying to do
3: their job, Jay.
0: Are they? Anyways, uh, <laughs> that was a mild sidetrack. Kate, like you, for what you do, because I I don't know if everybody's aware just how much work you put into sending stickers and postcards and you spend a lot of time putting things in the mail and you get a lot of funny looks at the post office when you ask for large quantities of stamps.
3: Well, my favorite is when I go into the post office and ask for 180 stamps and they look at me like I'm crazy and they're like, oh, s- sorry, we don't have that today. And I'm like, no, go back and look. I know that you have them every single time. Yeah,
0: it's pretty funny how resistant they are to, well, that's the thing. They want to give you the licking stamps and it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not licking stickers. this. Yeah. You
3: can give me uh, the sticker stamps. Like, no, we don't
0: have any stickers today and then you're like i want 200 of them and they're like oh well i'll okay we'll go see what we can do yeah
3: well, For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, Jay has a Patreon and I help him send out the rewards every month. So if you get six months, then I send out, uh, I believe it's the Gustav sticker, and then if it's a year, I send out a um Space Invader sticker. And then we have a postcard club and a print club, a print club that's what it's called, where we send out posters. So there's all these different levels of um, of rewards that you can get. And it's really fun for me because I love when people are like, Oh, I got the sticker that you sent me. Yeah, it's just really fun. I love doing it.
0: I'm glad because it is—it's a lot of work, and I'm glad that it's off my hands.
3: Well, uh, I don't know who sent this. I always forget. But one woman sent us, but the return address of Penantol, and I used to have to oh handwrite yeah. it on every single one of them. But now I feel so official with this stamp. It's just go.
0: It was one of the most thoughtful gifts I think we've ever received, and I actually I don't remember who that was from either. If you're listening, thank you. So sorry that I don't remember who that was, but like it's—it's it's an automatic return address stamp that like saves.
3: It saves me at least an hour oh, every time I do it's it. It's
0: insane. Yeah, it's a, this such a thoughtful gift. So what, over the course of a week, any given week, I mean, I know that some of these things are monthly. What have you done for me in the past and what are you, what are you responsible for?
3: So when I first started working for you, I think the main responsibility was Patreon uh, rewards and now it's kind of transitioned into helping you. Well, the big project was what was called Metadata and he paid me to go back and watch every single one of his videos. Of so
0: course that. he did. I was so desperate <laughs> for views.
3: He really needed that, guys. Um, No, but it was really to get to know you a little bit better because I had seen a couple of your videos, but I didn't really know fully who you were. And essentially what I do is watch every single video and pull out timestamps of where you were, who you were with, and the song that was in it and various pieces of information. And at that time, I was getting paid, so I wasn't bitter about doing it. I didn't see exactly what I was going to do with it in the long term, but fast forward about, it took me about a year to do. I wasn't doing it constantly because I'm in school as well but now it's still
0: over 1100 videos so it takes a while.
3: Yeah, t- it took a while, but now it's really useful because I have all of this information that I had gathered for a long time and I use that what in the newsletter that I send out every week. So our newsletter comes out every Tuesday and there's various sections in that where I can use the information from the the metadata that I had collected.
0: It's really handy. So a newsletter is something that I've done on and off for years because back when I was like in West Africa, I would do one for my supporters and I've tried to keep it up because it's really important. But in handing it over to Kate, I think she's doing a fantastic job. But one of the things that has been so fun and is good to see that that all that work is paying off is that under my photos of the day or in different sections, she's able to really quickly and easily link to videos where I went to a place or where I ate at a place or I did a thing or whatever. She can just go into the spreadsheet, search for, you know, whatever cafe or monument or whatever, and find one of those videos quickly and add it in there. And it adds a lot. Like it, it it wouldn't happen as much if you didn't have that because it'd be a nightmare to figure out. You'd be searching on, on YouTube and YouTube's search Uh, function isn't nearly as good as you need it to be for that. And so to see how you end up doing that, it adds a really nice layer of involvement and engagement that wouldn't otherwise be there.
3: Thanks. Yeah, it's nice to see that work paying off. Um, But in terms of the newsletter, what I enjoy doing most about it is... um, Just helping build this sense of community that we're always trying to create between all of your platforms. And I feel like it kind of wraps it all into one place through your Instagram, the videos that you do, the podcasts that we have. And I have my own section in it called Kate's Corner where I get to pick kind of whatever I want to feature. Sometimes I do bars or my favorite parks in the city. Um, And I had started when I was au in Switzerland. I tried to start a blog, but it was just too overwhelming and I never really got into it. But this is really fun for me because it's just this little creative space that I have where I don't have to write that much. But it's fun. It gets me out of my apartment photographing some different areas of Paris.
0: I think it looks really good. Zach, now that you've jumped in and are doing podcast production and editing and scrambling and discovering that, oh, no, we don't have an audio file that we thought we had. What does it look like to work with us a little bit?
2: I think... What's interesting about my task is I get to be... Well, first, I get to listen to everything, like, 800 times. I get to work with you both in person with with Richard and then go back and do the episodes on my own time. So I kind of have that nice mix of, like in person working and then doing stuff at home which i i like having
0: that balance so i'm going back editing these things and jumping back and forth a little bit where a lot of this is kind of crash course and t- for all of us figuring out what's the workflow how do we put this together make sure that we're doing it efficiently not doubling up on work and all of that what are you looking forward to with the the future of this podcast and other projects
2: well, I think one thing I'm looking forward to is us sort of figuring out a better like editorial method because I think we sp- I think we kind of struggled with the c- first couple of episodes where we would record and then I would get the raw audio files and then I would edit it and then we'd realize we needed to cut something and then I would edit it again and then we were like oh wait this part doesn't sound right or we're missing an audio file. I'm looking forward to the second podcast that we're looking on starting, which is called The Council. Mostly out of personal curiosity because you have a couple interesting ideas about getting in different experts from, you know, doctors or I don't know, military people or I don't know, who, like anyone who is an expert in anything that's related to the the fantasy world. And mostly cuz I'm just kind of curious to hear what they have to say and I think it's it's an interesting concept to get a behind the scenes look on on the creative process, both as someone who's like interested in it. And also I just think for everyone, I think it's a really interesting thing.
0: I'm really looking forward to that too. How about you, Richard? What do you do around here?
1: What do I do around here? Um, so I guess primarily I'm the, I'm, I'm here to help edit your, your writing. I mean, that's, uh, the main thing was to come in and help you to get back onto the writing side of things because the vlogging was taking up so much of your time that you needed someone to really support you on both the writing of your the fantasy series, but also the, the, the immediate one we're working on now is the Kickstarter for Sea of the Unknown. So we're working on that right now. But for the fantasy series, it was to, to come in and, and, and act like the publisher, editor on that and to, to sort of structure how we were going to go and and release that and build this publishing house so you know one of the things we're doing now we've started doing now is to sit down and we call them fantasy fridays where we sit down over pizza and and really start working through the world building so i'm really drilling down the questions about you know the the real details of the world that you have built into uh in the the oracle of the dread gods so we had great discussions last week around the the gods themselves and and what are they and how they formed and things like that so that's that's you know, the real fun stuff is, is doing that and, and building that world. So beyond the editing and, and that sort of thing, obviously work on the podcast here, which I'm really enjoying. This is a really new thing for me to do podcasting. I've, I've never you know, behind the mic or anything like that. I've always been in the background of things. So to be on the mic, I'm learning a lot here. And sorry, Zach, because I think that might've been me that was messing up the process early on. We're working on it. So that's great. And also just in terms of business strategy, um, you know, I'm trying to come in here and, and be a sounding board for you and, and to come up with some ideas to help, you know, turn this into a real professional. You know, you've been on your own, struggling on your own, not struggling, doing really well on your own, but but struggling to...
0: I was struggling for a while there for sure. Yeah,
1: but you know... Um, it, it's, it's a hard grind. And so to, to come in and just have someone else here to shoulder that load and to and have some fresh ideas and you know think about the strategy from a purely business point of view, rather than necessarily worrying about all the content and things that you're worrying about, um, the day-to-day producing content that you have to deal with. Um, I could sit back and, and think more about the, the, the business model underneath that.
0: Which is really good. And I think that's actually a really good transition point to kind of turn things around and talk more because we have the books on the table and these books I've been writing for you know and publishing since 2010 2011 I started writing in 2010 seriously trying to publish and so I published my first book in 2011 under the commitment that I was going to publish a book every year for 10 years because I wanted to get 10 books out I wanted to publish a million words and that was my goal just to, to learn everything I could to really just like grind away and become hopefully proficient at it and that is kind of the central piece of everything that we're doing even though we have greater aspirations for film and for these books and for everything else and that's where this podcast comes in is chronicling that but also giving you as a listener hopefully the opportunity to, to understand what the heck is going on what it is we're trying to accomplish with all this so where have we been where are we going and why would you be interested in listening to this podcast potentially for the next few months a few years to uh, two decades to who knows maybe they'll be able to cryogenically freeze most of me and keep my brain alive long enough to continue to make podcasts from brain scans i don't know it is a sci-fi situation here who knows yes. kate's f- disturbed
2: i am a little bit disturbed
3: at that thought i think that, everyone did, that did everyone yeah, has their thought. life and then uh you good. know walt
0: disney's not cryogenically frozen i was really disappointed to find that out recently
3: i never knew that he was supposed to be <laughs> that's
0: good it's like urban myth yeah keep that yeah. one out of here i mean i knew it was an urban myth but i i heard the definitive word on it recently and i was like i forgot about that what's announced. your source Stephen Fry, never right. doubt, never doubt Stephen Fry. The
1: QI is is the most uh, factual. It's the most trustworthy uh, yep. te-
0: television programming around for, for sure. sure yeah. Yep.
1: So on the second half of this episode, normally we uh, we we do a bit of consulting. So I think we may actually try and do a little bit of that with with Kate and Zach and. And so we're going to try and turn it around and ask some questions of Jay. And and in that way, really try and talk about, you know, the bigger project and where we're going. So I might actually kick it to Zach because you're the newest one on the team. You know, you've been involved in the podcast, but you may have some questions about the the broader project and particularly the publishing side. So have you got any, you know, questions for Jay about exactly what it is he's doing, his vision for, for the publishing house? So many questions.
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, my first is, you know, Jay's wants to do something really ambitious, which is do his own publishing house, publish his books through his own publishing house, a film studio. So my question, Jay, is was there like a tipping point when you were writing y- your books that you realized, I don't want to go the traditional route, the traditional route's not for me. I want to do my own thing completely. Like, Was there a definitive moment or like, did you just kind of realize over time, like, I, I need to do this m- my own way?
0: I think it was pretty early on because I, when I was writing my first book, White Shores, I was in that debate where that was when Amazon was exploding. Like the Kindle was fairly new and things were going really nuts and people, authors were going indie left and right or were just putting stuff straight to Kindle. And it was really exciting. And I like the business side of things and I like... Doing more than just writing. Like, I wanted to have some level of control. And I think for me, realistically, I looked at it and um, I was still interested in querying and still interested in, you know, maybe going traditional. But I recognized that I wasn't really ready for that yet. And I wanted to cut my teeth on making my own stuff. And I'm still open. Richard and I talk about this a lot with the strategy of like moving forward and and how do we get the word out? How do we establish credibility? How do we actually, you know, make the partnerships we want. And I think there's a lot of room for partnership with a traditional publisher for certain projects, for certain books that fit. I think that's the ultimately the key is like what is the appropriate vehicle, what is the right medium for any particular story or project. So when we're talking about redoing Into the Nanton, which was originally, you know, a fantasy blog, it was a real time fantasy blog that I build as the world's first real-time fantasy blog. But Into the Nansen was an opportunity for me to, it was a writing experiment, and it was something that had to be done in a blog. It couldn't really be done in a book first. And, um, and even as we talk about relaunching it, it, it makes a nice book. It's pretty, like it has lots of illustrations. It's not that it doesn't make a nice book, but it makes for a better experience in a way. So talking about creative ways of delivering that, like through audio, that, that fit it. Properly, so on the traditional publishing side versus like making our own publishing house. The reason we're talking about doing that is because if we can build and own our own relationship with our readers and with our fans and directly deliver uh, the stories to them, I think there's something really powerful and really fun about that. It's got its own challenges. It's not easy um, by any means. And it's certainly ambitious, but for me, that means that we can do projects that I want to do that uh, most traditional publishers, if not you know all traditional publishers wouldn't touch at a nine foot pole like releasing a seven book series in a year mm. something like that where you want to release a book every other month for a year and culminate the whole series in december is also i can see why logistically it would be a nightmare and you'd have to make sure you had real fans on board before you kicked that chain of events off but ideally that's where we would get down the line is we would build a fan base who shows up demonstrates that they're interested they're excited for new books as they come and as you test that, those waters and you, you prove that, then those big ambitious projects become very, very real options, I think. And yeah, we can do really fun stuff. And for me, so that's what it comes down to more than anything, is just having the freedom to do fun, cool things that, like, that really capture our imagination instead of just churning out you know more paper. And that's not really what I want to do.
1: Add to that a little bit. I think um, we would never uh, dissuade anyone from going the traditional route. No, uh, of course I've, not. I've worked as I said with with big publishers, but also a lot of small publishers, and they do an incredible job. And if if you're an author who who wants to focus on writing and and wants to leave the marketing and publishing and all that stuff up to up to a publisher, um, they can open doors for you. or They can do things with your books and your career that, that you know you might not be able to do on your own. But the the tools and the um, you know the, the internet allows you to. Uh, you know, one person, an author, or a small a small team to really reach an audience in a way that the traditional publishers have always, you know, have been able to do through bookshops and through that system. There are whole new avenues to do that now. And if if you are like Jay, who is someone who is very good at at reaching uh, an audience, has built his own audience before, and you know, we we have that knowledge and and those tools, and we know how to use them. Then then going indie uh, and doing it yourself, one it means that that Jay is going to own all of his work. He doesn't have to share those revenues with anybody. He doesn't have to um, tailor his stories, the needs of a cookie-cutter kind of traditional publisher mindset. And so that flexibility is there. But also, you know, the opportunity to really um, play with mediums and, and things, like, and, and to connect with his audience in a way that, that you know, there's not that barrier. Um, and also, you're talking about the authors. Traditional publishing is, is going through a real – there's a lot of change going on. So your publisher – goes belly up or, or gets sold off or your editor changes, you know, these are things that can really affect your career. So this, this keeps everything they in, in Joe's hands. a lot more right now yeah. too. Yeah. And
0: I think that's, the other, it is a huge risk too, because I've already written for no audience. You know, I've already written and a lot of my books, you know, they've been out there. I, I don't know how many copies have sold in total because I haven't done the numbers in a long time, but there is definitely a risk in doing this that, yeah, maybe nobody shows up. But, and I think that's honestly one of the first things that people look at where they're just like, how are you going to do this on your own? Like, and it's, a, that's a legitimate question. And that's Again, part of the reason that we're trying to work with within the podcast because it's a really good avenue for us right now and, um, and seeing where things go. But I also am just, I don't know, I'm excited just to write and share the stories and I believe in them to a degree that it's like, I'll just keep investing and keep putting that I'm out there and I really feel like persistence and uh, a little bit of grit will get us a long ways. Might all about the grit. Difference, but it's all about the grit. Grit. True grit. I do come from some cowboys. So yeah. The lineage. Have you
1: got any follow-up there, Zach?
2: So uh, I guess to follow up, did you always envision yourself doing this independent thing or even basically becoming you're basically owning your own business? Did did you always see that or did it that as your writing matured, as your filmmaking matured, you were sort of like, you know, I want to own all of this. I want to own my own business and and like Richard said there's a lot of responsibilities when you do it independently of like I have to market it, I have to reach all these audiences, I have to be in charge of all of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I think when I started out, I knew that I wanted to own my own stories. So I wanted to. It w- a lot of the stories that I've imagined were movies in my head, or were you know whatever, and they and I wanted to make those, and I wanted to write them and direct them, and probably not star in them, but you know, like at least have some sort of a role of like the dark v- vizier in the background or something. Richard, yeah. the
1: Daedric. Uh, oh my gosh! G- yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I'll, I'll be, I'll be some sort of demonic priest, but I think that like. You know, I, the vision of owning it as a business was right on the tail of that, like having my own film studio or just being able to, because for me, like I love the, I love, and this is why, honestly, the reason I want to earn more money is so I can give more people work in these fields and the things that they love doing. I want, I loved working with Nimit on Into the Nanton because of all the art that was produced. It, It brings, it's a way of spending money that brings more beauty into the world and brings more joy to the people that get to create it and the people that get to enjoy it. And so for me, like, I love the idea of not, these stories don't, they're not meant to exist in your head. They're not just meant to be shared with a reader, but they're meant to inspire entire works of art and entire, you know, entire cathedrals full of just of beauty and, you know that for me is is this huge motivator then to figure it out and i have not been the best at it i've definitely screwed up a lot along the way in the whole business owner department i've made so many mistakes and it's such a privilege to be in a place now where at least i'm still making mistakes but my head's not uh below water and i don't know that's for me yeah th- that vision was was always there in the sense that i just i want to tell these stories i see them so clearly in my head they're always forming, crystallizing, becoming more clear. How do I share that? And how do I not just share the, the joy of the story itself, but the joy of the creation process? Because I'm not a very good collaborator either, traditionally. And that's something I've been learning a lot about. And so projects like Into the Nanton, I'm really proud of because mm-hmm. it was a really strong collaboration that produced something really cool. So having Into the nanton sitting right in front of me is just a, it's just begging for me to bring it up all the time. I'm sorry.
1: It's all right. I mean, that that's really the first project I think we're going to republish and, and do that. And we've got some really interesting... Ideas for that, and that's actually a good uh, opportunity to bring Kate in. Kate, obviously, working on the newsletter um, and uh, on the Patreon. So, <laughs> she's <laughs> – I've, I've caught her there. She She's was, uh, reading into the net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Kate, you – I mean, you really have been the, the one who's been most in contact, apart from Jay himself, obviously, but with, with Jay's audience and Jay's, you know, Patreon uh, supporters and, and general fans. So, from that side of it, I mean – you've pitched some good ideas, you've been really active in, in in sort of driving Jay to to try some new things. So uh, are there things, you know, have you got some questions for Jay or are there anything you you know, some ideas that you wanted to, to test out and, and put him on the spot with here or
3: yesterday we were talking about like with the with the newsletter, the thing I enjoyed most was the the blog part or For example, like we have sales in Paris, and that's not something that's universal. So trying to bring these cultural differences to a larger audience and make them more aware of it. And for me, I've always wanted to do a guidebook, basically, since I lived in Paris. And then we just got around to talking about this idea for 15 for 5... So it would essentially be like 15 coffee shops for five euros. And I had had that I, idea that was similar. And so I like collaborating with you. Is there Are there any projects that you would like to do and work on, but you just don't have the time for the resources? Because it's always fun to just kind of brainstorm with you. I mean, when we sit around, all of us for lunch breaks, we're just constantly brainstorming ideas that we have. Are there any that on the top of your head you really want to get started?
0: So many. I don't know where to start with that yeah i mean like i i wish i mean that's the thing we like uh kevin we mentioned kevin at the top and he's unfortunately not gonna have the time to continue editing with and for me for like french fridays for example like there are a lot more video projects i would like to do but also need to have time for myself and so like being able to find ways of like Launching a series and being able to do part of the work but hand some of that off has been good. You've done such a good job with the newsletter and like that's something to come back to. It's a great example of being able to hand something off to you where we worked together to come up with the format and kind of what we wanted to do and whatever else. But you've been able to run with it and that that adds a lot to what is already going on and it's it requires a little bit of work for me but really it's it's you running and so finding ways to do that as well. Like when we're talking about like editing into the nanton and then getting the audio redone and whatever else for that. Um, and using that newsletter side of things as well to, because the, the cool thing is we're, as we learn and as we work on developing this newsletter skill set and getting you to a place where you're ready for the next challenge, like we're talking about finding, instead of doing Into the Nanton as a blog, maybe doing it as an automated newsletter where somebody signs up and they're like, yeah, I want the story and then it maintains that real that real time experience where it, it sends you the emails in the exact order and time that you would have gotten the story otherwise.
1: And a and point out there that into the Nanton really is a you know there's a visual element to it. We've got the audio element and of, of course the written thing that the, the, the book itself is. I think the newsletter format is is one way that we could actually get all the different media that that yeah. Jay's put into it, and it's a way that people can experience and also the temporal format because it's a journal and so it's written. It was written to be read day after day for each entry to come out in a in, yeah. a, in a you know in a, in a live time frame. So yes, yeah, so that's certainly a project I think that you, Kate, would have, you know, if you, if you wanted to come across into that side and the fiction side and, and bring that across, the stuff you've learnt from, from doing the newsletter and also engagement with the audience there as well. Um, I think that could be a really, really cool project for all of us to work on. Yeah.
3: It sounds really interesting to me because I'm not, although I'm focused more on the Patreon side of things, you guys doing the podcasting and the publishing housing that you're working on, I always like sitting in on the the developmental meetings because it's not something that I know that much about, but to be able to sit in and learn about it is really great, and I'm always interested in what you're doing. So that's something that down the line could be a really great opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is a big project. Well, we also, that we, we're in a position where we're, we are are being very efficient on our recording schedule for this podcast, for example. But what I'm really looking forward to and what we really should be talking about here soon is recording our pilot for the council and working Mm -hmm. out the the format for that. And because it's a fun idea. And speaking of things that I a lot of what we've been talking about recently is like there comes it's a lot of time management that's coming up and especially as we lose the office we move out of here like there's a lot of benefits that come from leaving the office um in a sense of like freedom and mobility around the city and like getting out it was really good for the time we had it it was like a hibernation period kind of could hide have some private conversations develop as a team and what we are you know in moving forward time management and and space management are going to be, you know, real issues like where do we meet and how do we record and those kinds of things. But as we figure out those logistical things, I think the other side of it is like, well, what is the actual format of this podcast look like when we're talking about the council, which is, yeah, bringing in experts to talk about and better understand our world so that we can break it in very specific ways to fit fantasy and science fiction. You know, yeah, it's a world building podcast, it's it's a world building podcast, but one that will be, for all nerds of all stripes right like the idea is that it should be something that's interesting if you're interested in economics or science or biology or just anything like politics biology yeah. is a science history but you know what i mean yep. the science engineering of anything, yeah how the world works Astrophysics. How, how snake bites hurt all kinds of things that we could pull in just a lot of really interesting stuff and trying to find the right balance between like how much trivia is this how much of a discussion is it how much whatever so those are areas that i'm also really looking forward to diving more into with you guys and focusing on like okay well what's the next thing and so kind of the answer, I guess that's a, that was, that was a, quite the dispersed answer to your question. But like there are, I have a million projects that I wish I could do. If I had money, it feels like that would solve so many of the, you know, issues like bringing on people to do illustration, editing, all kinds of things. But at the same time, hey, I'm really lucky to have you guys. Like you guys have been great. It's fantastic. You're working with me in spite of the fact that you could probably be doing other and greater things. So now it's a matter of like, okay, well, let's let's figure this out together and, like, and continue to work forward on what we think are good priorities, what we think will actually bring in some money to pay the bills and how uh, we can take the next steps to get just closer to what we see happening in the future.
1: Yeah. Now for my part, I mean, the reason I'm working with you is one, I believe in the project. I mean, yes, the, the goals, the ambitions that you've set in terms of, where you want to go with this publishing house you know the fact that you've got basically 50 books that you you want to publish that you've got films that you want to make i mean you know this is very lofty and it's not something that i would have dreamed of on my on my own um you know i've i've worked for a few startups or early startups but even they didn't have the vision that you've got and the reason i've i've said yes and 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 come and spent my time with you is is because i really believe in not just you and the, your ability to, you know, I've seen how hard you work. I've seen how when when you sit down, like the, the amount of content you turn out, the quality of your daily vlog and and reading your books, just knowing, you know, I, I've seen, I've read your books from, you know, the early ones all the way through to the most recent one that you've released of the careers. And I've seen the progression. I've seen how your writing has developed over that time. And I know that you're at a place now that you are writing science fiction fantasy at, at a, totally professional level and i have no doubt that you can actually do what you say you want to do which is to is to write you know top quality science fiction fantasy and also produce film because i've seen what you do with your vlog i've seen you edit i, I know i know that you've got the skills to uh, to do the video side of that as well and you know what remains to be seen is is you know how we can build this audience how we can get a community around it and a lot of what we're talking about beyond the world building and beyond the editing of your of your of your books is what do we want this community to look like um what do we want uh you know the fandom around these books how do we want to to build that and and how do we you know how can we grow that and again i i believe in you because i've seen how you built your your audience with your vlog and how you interact with that i think you come you come to that with the right attitude which is to be very open very honest and and inclusive there and and i think you know the difference or you, you you instinctively know what it takes to build a a supportive and and good community and sitting down and talking to you about your world building and and the ideas you've got to go. I'm so excited to be able to bring those out into the world and see how uh, this community that we're going to build is going to respond to them and and the the, the fun they're going to have with it. So that's why I'm on board and, you know, it gets me out of the house. So that's
0: (laughs) good too. Yeah,
3: I, I feel very similar to that because anything that you've done, even though I haven't known you for that long, you continue to work at it until it gets to the level that you want, if not better than that. Because when you look at your old YouTube videos, you never did this to become famous or anything. You were just doing this as a little bit of a creative endeavor to pull yourself out of a a a low point in your life and you look at those old videos and then you see how far you've come in your editing. I mean, it's really impressive that you had the dedication and the the self-drive to be able to sit down and edit a video every single day, not really having a greater purpose to that. But I mean, I find it really impressive. And so to work for someone like you, it's you constantly, it's not, we're getting to this point, it's we're getting to this point, and then we're getting there, and going as far as we possibly can, so it's a, it's a big motivator for me, being around, I mean, even you, Richard, and you, Zach, around this kind of environment of, like, no, there's always something to be doing, and something that you could be working on, because you have so many parts of your life of, that are creative endeavors that you're doing, and it's not just one thing, where you're trying to get to an end goal, it's just keep working hard.
2: Yeah, and I think to, to add off of that, like, what's, What's really nice and, and I think really refreshing too is, you know, everything you do, Jay, is not for like, oh, I want to make money. I want to make – I mean, obviously you want to make money, but, you know. You got to make money. But, yeah. like, you know, you're willing to put your foot in all these creative boxes like, you know, YouTube and then writing and then add a podcast and see what else you can do just because, you, you know, you believe in your art, you believe in what you're doing, you believe in your stories. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think that's the greater purpose is not, like – how rich and famous can I become? But it's how can people receive what I'm creating? And I think that's that's a
1: really refreshing environment to be around.
0: I appreciate that. And I think that, oh go ahead, Richard. Oh, I was just
1: was that was that fun? Did, was that when, when you wrote all those things for us to say? Was that. Yeah, you guys hit the intonation
0: yeah, correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well thank that, God. that was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was, that was spontaneous. I didn't mean to say any of that. But Yeah, no, the,
0: he, he says as he finishes reading what I wrote for him. Well,
3: I love Jay's face. Anytime you give him a compliment, there's no, he doesn't do the shy thing. He just looks. He's like, okay, someone's complimenting me, okay? <laughs> this is happening right now. So this was a long couple of minutes, which I love just looking at your face.
0: Just like constant nodding. <laughs> I feel like you guys are talking about somebody who's not me, you know, like a little bit, like, eh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll, ta- take, I'll take that compliment. I'll accept it as best i can but the thing is and i appreciate that and i'm really happy to have you guys around and i think that the thing is when you're talking about all that too the the next steps and the pushing there's a degree to which like i know that i don't slow down and stop and appreciate where i'm at enough and i'm coming out of that dark place like finally like really starting to feel alive and excited and pushing it probably a little bit too hard too quickly in some ways but like also rejuvenating through this period and i'm very excited for us to come next and for those listening at home like the reason that there's always more to do like richard said that like i don't know for sure how many books are involved and the ones that i'm specifically going to write we might pawn off a bunch on other people that are smarter and better writers than i am down the line but in the meantime like i i do know like when i sit down and we draw out a rough map of the roughly 2000 years over which we're going to be writing these stories it's like yeah okay there's a trilogy here a standalone here there's three supporting novels for this trilogy and then there's this uh seven book series and into the nanton had is a trilogy that had its own trilogy of support novels short
1: stories space operas
0: everything well that's the thing i I didn't want to limit myself and so that's part of the reason we're also taking this time to take a step back and canonize and for those of you that Or, like, what the heck are you doing with artillery? The idea is to really work on the world, develop, like Richard was saying, like, the the very, like, the, the actual bones of it. Like, what is the reality here? Not the myths that are built around that reality, which we will build over time. Not anything else. Like, what's the structural story that we have to tell here? The goal right now is to basically build the skeleton of this, not just one story, but of these... 50 plus stories. How do they work together? So going to the very end of that, what is the culminating story? Who needs to be there? What needs to happen? What are the themes that come to a resolution? What are the themes that are therefore a part of this entire story? And then working our way backwards all the way to the beginning before the beginning before any story that we ever tell and where does this all come from and that's a lot of world building stuff that you know to some degree or another people do as exercises but I'm trying to do it in a way and I want to do it and what's really refreshing and exciting to have Richard to bounce things around on Fridays and these two are going to get more involved with it over time I'm sure is That, Kate's like, nope, I'm just going to keep mailing stuff, um, is to figure out, well, like, how do we keep from painting ourselves into a corner? What we always talk about, like, avoiding the retcon. We don't want to retroactively bring conformity to the story. We want to, is it conformity that retcon is? I feel like there's another word for it as well. That works. We'll just go with that. Feel free yeah, to leave retcon- comments in some section somewhere <laughs> about what retcon really means. But uh, we don't want to retroactively put things together and say like, oh, yeah, what we always meant was actually this. Like, We want to put as much thought and as much effort into it without falling down the world-building rabbit hole as possible so that these books that take place you know, in a modern era or in a post-apocalyptic era or in a space opera or in a medieval setting or whatever – all flow very well within the same world. They play by the same rules. Everything makes sense. And you as a reader, as you get to know that world and as you read different books, have a greater sense of literacy in that world and a greater sense of appreciation for what's going on. Why? Why are these threats big? Why are these stories important? So that you can be carried along. So somebody can get in and enjoy one book and that's it. Or somebody can follow along and read all of them and come to hopefully like a very, a very good climactic experience at the end of all those stories.
1: And, and also to, to, to play with the medium, like we've been talking around, you know, the idea of releasing into the Nantan as a newsletter, effectively, yeah. you know, really play with the, the different formats and things that we can, you know, th- there are so many different ways now to, uh, to release stories into the world and, and let them have their own life out there. And we've been having a lot of fun about thinking about that. And that's part of the reason we've been jumping into podcasting and, uh, you know, playing with all sort of stuff because the, these, I think, is just the way that if you if you are a writer these days, you can't. It's almost like you can't just be a writer anymore. Um, you have to you have to think about the different ways your story gets out of the world, and you know, and that's where this podcast has been great already. Uh, some of the discussions we've had with other authors, and to see what they're doing out there, and and to to be able to take ideas from that and and see how we can put them into our world, and see how just the 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 world of the, the you know the Oracle universe can in its own, you know, the, the universe itself can maybe, uh, come with ideas. I mean, into the and the, the, the whole idea is it was a journal there. So your original idea from that really sprung out of the format of the, the book itself to, to do that. So, you know, there may be other ideas we can have that come out of the world, the universe itself. And this stuff's, it's super exciting. It's super fun. If you, you know, if you're into sci-fi and fantasy, this is for, for me, you know, I've been a sci-fi geek my entire life and, you know, had my hand at writing it, but I'm a better editor than I am a writer. I had to acknowledge that at some point. You know, this is this is absolutely the best place for me to be, um, helping to, to build this universe. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be part of it at this point.
0: just took me a couple of years of buying you coffee, but eventually I got you on board. You didn't buy me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> at least once.
1: Well, maybe once. Yeah, yeah, yeah at least yeah,
0: once. Yeah. The, uh, the, I was going to say that's also part of the vision, talking about writers just being writers, is to work towards building something where we can build that space and yep. that you know where we could bring on people who are writers and that's it whether yep. or they they literally live in our art studio and work with us to produce conceptual art or storyboards or whatever it is and that for me is a really big part of the vision of yeah
1: super important to yeah it's
0: yep. important because i think it makes for a richer world and a richer final product but i think that it i don't know i just want to build something we talk about culture some off microphone and we talk about like as we're building this like how do we want people to enter it how do we want them to exist within it to live and work within it and who do we want to be and how do we want to impart our values and when kate and i were first looking at this place uh and richard came in and looked at it and the office, zach came in later he was waving at gustav because gustav's walking by uh gustav finally woke up ladies and gentlemen congratulations gustav um one of the things that i asked my friend amber when we were talking about it making a painting was just to be a good citizen was like this idea of like putting on the wall like what are we doing we need to talk more about our mission statement and where we're going as a a team and that's something that we're going to be doing uh this quarter but i want to be the best citizen and i want us as a team and as a company to be the best citizens of the place we are whether that's paris or france or our respective home countries whether that's america or australia that what we're doing serves a greater purpose of some sort or another, and making sure to latch onto that and that we're leaving the place better than we found it. And it's, to some people, that sounds silly for science fiction and fantasy, but we, we all, I think, really believe that there's a great power in story, there's a great power in stories well told, and that we have an ability and an obligation to use that, to use whatever platform or power we have uh, to try and do some good in the world. Yeah, and not and just f- in a formless or shapeless sense.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's where something like this podcast comes in. I mean, part of the idea of the podcast is is to document what we're doing so that, you know, people who want to do the sim- something similar can can hear us waffle on about the all the mistakes we're making and uh and learn from them, you know, and 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 sort of feel like they're not necessarily alone that that other people are struggling with this or or try new things in these ways and and maybe they can learn from it too. So, and of course, there's the great argument that science fiction um and fantasy themselves are a, a great medium to talk about the world and to to put ideas out there or to test ideas about the world and and make the world a better place simply by you know, through the format of science fiction fantasy being a a great way to examine politics without being, you know, political in in you know real world terms or, or to examine, you know, what makes people human, things like that. So yeah, that's part two.
0: So any other I'm just looking around the table right now the enjoying our table for our second to last podcasting session in the office before we're done with it probably any other thoughts any other excitements looking forward to the end of 2020
1: uh, I, I wanted to ask Kate actually as because one, one of the questions that, that's come up as well is is we've been talking about patreon and and how crucial patreon's been to you Jay yeah. um, uh, with your vlog and, and how you know how none of this would have been possible without your patreon and how um, what a surprise and how rewarding it's been to have that support, uh, and, and of the only
3: reason that I'm here is because of Patreon too, really. Yeah, in
1: yeah.
0: Multiple, for multiple, yeah, in multiple ways.
1: Yeah, but uh, this is really a question for Kate because Kate's the one that's probably closest to the. Uh, it's a bit beside Jay. Kate's been working with the, the Patreon directly. You know, one of the questions we've come up with is is whether or not to to stick with the one Patreon um, for the we've, we've got now for the vlog, or or to create a separate one for this podcast, and and which will of course. Be the the, the more the publishing house branch. So, Kate, I wonder if that's something you've got some ideas on in terms of do we think that, you know, what are the advantages of of maybe opening up a separate Patreon just for this podcast and for the publishing house?
3: Okay, so the biggest, I think the biggest advantage to opening up a second Patreon account would be that you can. Direct the content that you're giving people on Patreon towards them and their needs because I think the one that you have right now is very Paris related. For example, you used to do a lot of polling of uh, do I want to eat this today or do I want to eat that today? And I think that's a completely separate division of what you do. You're not, you have many different divisions in your life. And I think by opening up the second Patreon, you could just give people, it would be more clear on who Jay is as a person with his publishing side of things versus his Paris YouTube content.
2: And I think adding on to that, people get, you know, if people are really, really, really excited about the fantasy side of things as that branches out and becomes bigger, you know, they, they can get more on from that side. And if they don't necessarily, it's you know, the Paris isn't as relevant to them, you know, they're getting what they, what they actually really want. And I think so it's it's beneficial to people on both sides. Like if they want to be part of both, they can. And if, if they want, you know, one specific thing, then they're getting sort of what, what they pay for
1: Is that something we can do anyway within the one account? Can we set up different streams within that one account or do we need to...
3: I mean, I think it's definitely possible, but because there's so many divisions to the creative endeavors that we go through, I think it would be more beneficial to separate them because we're a very small group of people. And if you say, okay, this is the task I need to get done for that Patreon side or the YouTube Patreon, it makes it much more clear for us, I think as a team... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think no. This
0: kind of the division is it's actually it would be very complicated to try and divide it within one Patreon stream. So, like you you really it, it makes a lot of sense to separate the two audiences out into two different things because of what you're saying. Because people can if they're not into Paris, they can be a part of this podcast and these projects and know that by supporting it, it's going to support that directly. And if people are more into Paris, then they can get that. And then the content they're getting, the bonus content, the behind the scenes is stuff they're interested in. It's videos or extra podcast episodes or polls or whatever it is that that aligns with what they want. And it doesn't feel like they're sifting through a bunch of stuff they're not interested in to get to the things that they want.
1: Cool. Well, thank you for going through that exercise with me. That was something I've been thinking about. So nice to brainstorm that one on air.
0: Yeah, it's great. Well, I think that, that this has been good. If, if, of course, if anybody has questions, you should sign up for our newsletter. Kate has just opened it up for responses. So if anybody wants to write in and with any thoughts or even questions about their time in Paris, speaking of mixing things and talking about Paris, that's a great spot for now. And of course, we'll end up dividing those out down the line, segmenting into uh, people that are interested in one, the other, or both. Uh, but do go to jyswanson.me newsletter, j-a-y-swanson.me newsletter. Sign up for that today. It's been fantastic. Well, I mean, we say this every time, and I think we'll probably say this every time to the end of time, but that was a great conversation. I had a great time hanging out and talking with our little team.
1: Yeah, me too. Zach and Kate are full of energy and lots of great ideas, and yeah, every time we sit down and, and get the whole team together, it's always a lot of fun. That
0: was great. Good. good thing that we re-recorded it after they'd had some vacation time, because then everybody was actually energetic, which was great, except for Gustav, who's just a sleepy little guy, even today.
1: He's a coiled spring.
0: He is a coiled spring. So I, I really appreciated this conversation especially and, and the, the fact that we did re-record it because very specifically because uh, I feel like there's a lack of of clarity going out to people about what it is exactly that we're doing even the name of the podcast building the oracle you know requires a little bit of explanation which is fine but the whole project itself requires a lot more explanation than we had given it time to do yet and my hope is that Adds that outward portion of the conversation that we're trying to engage with, with the the people that are listening and the and the audience that we're hoping to find, that people can really understand the vision and the the goals that we have for these stories, the, the fact that we want to write dozens of books and we want to produce movies at some point, TV shows and whatever else, that we're, we're defining that well and helping people to understand what it is that we're looking for so that they can really follow along with the journey and be a part of it if they want to be, and then finding the ways that they can be a part of it
1: yeah and I think my takeaway there while we were recording that and and then uh, listening back to it um, it's great to talk to Zach and Kate about about the bigger project because they're not directly related they're not directly working on the books and the publishing house themselves but to you know they know what's going on and and to then sit down and and ask them directly like what questions you got and and what ideas do you have Um, it's great to have them involved in that because they they bring new ideas that, that we haven't necessarily thought of and new perspectives and um, one of the interesting things about doing this podcast has been the difference between the um, the experience of doing a, a podcast versus uh, the vlog on YouTube. Um, when you when you put a vlog out, you get a lot of responses. The comments are open, and you get a lot of great feedback. And when you ask for feedback, your followers give you really good constructive feedback. And um, that's one thing that the podcast doesn't offer us as, as much. We haven't really uh, given listeners a channel to to give their comments back so you know that's something i think we need to think about as well is is we do want your feedback on our project on the on the podcast itself but also on our project and ideas and you know we we love to hear what you think about what we're doing and and uh obviously we love to hear support but also constructive criticism so that's something that i was i've been thinking about through this episode is is how can we build that
0: We've been discussing it, too, because one of the ways, obviously, is through, if you subscribe to the newsletter, which is more Paris-focused now, and we'll end up figuring out how we're going to segment and expand that later, but that's a really easy way to email back with, you know, long-form thoughts and so forth. But the other side of it and the action point that we're kind of coming out of this week is with the, the whole idea of launching a separate Patreon, which is both important because we, we know we don't want to muddle people's feeds if they're interested just in the Paris stuff or they're just interested in the fiction. We want to find a good way of being able to help people find exactly what it is they're looking for. But then from the action point from last week or two weeks ago, when we were needing to look for an accountant and redo the business structure and all that stuff, part of it's also just structurally behind the scenes, we have to start putting things in their appropriate places. And so separating these things out makes a lot of sense from the front end, from a communication standpoint, but also on the back end from the, my French accountant will kill me if I don't do it standpoint. So it's really, she's very nice, by the way, she's not actually going to murder me, but she, you know, you don't want to disappoint your accountant.
1: She's she's lovely.
0: She's lovely yeah. and so Coletta Sabine. She's yeah, awesome. Sabine is great. And so so we have opened up a new Patreon and it opens up another opportunity for dialogue. If you're somebody that wants to talk with us, wants to give us feedback, we're gonna that, that has comments, that has messaging, that has whatever. So we're gonna try and figure out the best way to open it up to everybody. We don't want to limit it just to people who are gonna pay us to hear their voices. We wanna be able to hear from you. So the newsletter is a great way to do that now. And we'll and talk more about that. And
1: that email, by the way, um it's swansonteam.paris at gmail.com. And so.
0: Kate is overlooking that one, so she'll she'll be definitely digging into those and then we'll be able to kind of all dig through it together as a team after she organizes it to see what's coming in and uh, I think that'll be really really helpful we do have a very special deal going on too with the patron we're trying to encourage people uh, I'm going to be throwing some nuggets towards my existing patrons because they are amazing and it's because of them that we've been able to do everything that we've been doing but we also want to be giving shout outs at the end of the podcast to all of our new patrons as they come in anybody that joins our patreon while the special offer is going so for the next few weeks uh, we'll get a shout out every week as a special patron and and those of you that are supporting both my my original Patreon and this new one, will are we're going to be calling Super Patrons, and we're going to be giving you producers' credits, uh, a little bit of a special shout-out as we go as well, in this portion, not just the tail-end credits portion. Who are those people, Richard?
1: Good point. So, um, obviously, Jay has already done a little soft launch of the Patreon, yeah. um, so... We Obviously, we're recording this outro a little while after we recorded the the team session. So, we we had a good discussion about the Patreon after that. And we decided to go ahead with it. Um, So, we've already uh, had a a few people um, come in. and and, Delightfully wonderful people. Yep. So, that's Kevin, Karen Bates and Mystery Man. Mystery Man. So, thank you very much. Do you guys?
0: Yeah, thank you guys so much. It really means a lot that you would jump over and support it. And the cool thing about this second Patreon, the first one, is very much geared towards the Paris stuff, the videos, my vlog, and and, and everything that's going on there. And it has enabled so many other things. And then this new one is not just about supporting this podcast necessarily, but we want to gear it towards supporting all the projects, the books, the the movies, the podcast, everything, whatever it ends up becoming. It's it's the starting point for us to actually start pooling some resources to then say, okay, now we have a little bit of money, so we can go back and re-record and relaunch into the Nanton or cover the podcasting equipment that we purchased or anything like that. So it's very, very immediately helpful. It's very helpful. And thank you again to Kevin, Karen and mystery man, because you guys are making our lives so much better. And I think, do we have anything else? we need to Well, i just, I
1: mean, you, you already uh, mentioned that uh, one of the action points from, from our last episode with Lindsay was uh, to get an accountant Yeah, and you gave the game away. We, we did. Yeah. You went out and, uh, Oh, I gave the game away. It was, it yeah.
0: was a good experience. It was, Honestly, the thing about it is, the hard part is, it was because of Richard's recommendation. We'd gone through a number of people, and then he was like, you should definitely talk to my accountant, because we didn't know if she was the right fit or not. But when I sat down with her, she's awesome. And just being able to sit down with somebody and have them plow through all the documentation all the regulate everything that would have taken me days to figure out she's figuring out in minutes um just to have the stress levels go down that much and have somebody that has your back so yeah helpful.
1: you the, the first time you came back uh, after your first meeting and yeah it's like you'd been meditating like oh you man, it was so much yep. better yep. i was
0: it was a stressful meeting but it was like i felt so much apart from, better apart from the
1: vat tva discussion oh man <laughs> some,
0: oh man <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, we can have another conversation about the woes of doing business in France another time, but it was, it was very much a good experience. And so Sabine ever hears this, which I doubt she will, but if she does. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. And thanks to the rest of you for listening. We really appreciate having you along.
1: Yep. And, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else accountability wise for our goals. Um, I think at the end of Lindsay's episode, we also said that we were going to get the team together for a podcast. Well, Tick that one off. Yep. We just did that. And of course, from from episode one, uh, we said we we we're going to do yep. a mission statement, uh, yeah, cool. the company vision and values, and we signed up to a course for that. Um, that was one of those ones I thought we might, you know, it might be a good session. We spent a day doing it. And what we've really discovered by thinking about this or by, by sitting down and, and looking at that is we actually need to give it a lot more time. Um, one thing I found is is just having discussions as we're talking to Lindsay and and um, other people we've been talking about with the podcast it's actually great value listening to that and helping us decide that. So that's something that we're, we've, we're going to extend that and, and look as a goal towards the end of the, the season to to have that mission and, you know, that value and vision statement for the for the company. Um, so that's going to be an ongoing project and we'll keep that updated as we go along. But um, yeah, we're building that as we go. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. And uh, in terms of going forward, obviously we, we've created the Patreon thing, but we, I think uh it's a feedback that we want to to encourage, so the action point for this one is to is to encourage more feedback to um open more channels of communication. open more channels of communication for yeah. you specifically around this podcast and around our project here yep and to uh make sure that you know we're replying and, and creating a dialogue so let's again that that email uh dot paris at gmail dot com feel free to to hit us up on that drop us a line yeah and uh thanks yeah. very much for listening and we'll see you in two weeks.
0: Today's podcast is made possible by my magnanimous patrons whose contributions directly impact our work here as well as the future of the project. They are the best, and if you're one of them, thank you. And specifically, if you're one of the new ones, Kevin, Karen, and Mystery Man among them, the first three... Thank you so very much. Building the Oracle is mixed and produced by Zach Egan, co-hosted by Richard Bilkey, and mascoted proudly by his four-legged friend, Gustav. It's written and hosted by yours truly. Our theme music is Glory, and ad music is Light, both by David Cutter, who you can also find and support directly on Patreon. And our newsletter is assembled with love by our own Kate Weber. Don't forget you can support us at patreon.com slash dreadgods. That's new. Whenever the itch grows too strong to resist, don't forget to rate and review Building the Oracle on iTunes or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts, or Gustav will sneak into your refrigerator and jump out and scare you when you go for your midnight snack. I hate it when he does that. It's miserable. My name is Jay Swanson, and thank you again for listening. Tune back in in two weeks for our next guest, Steve Drew, the founder of Reddit Fantasy. Until then, keep making rad shit.